Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to another edition of Solutions Watch. I am your host, as always, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you in October of 2021 and continuing on with what we were talking about last time uh, back in September when we were talking about vaccine passports, vaccine mandates, and the various ways that we can uh, protest, work around, or otherwise derail the vaccine mandate agenda. But since that is obviously an ongoing and continuing problem, and I've heard from many people around the world who are facing various situations with regard to these mandates, I wanted to continue exploring resistance and solutions uh, related to that particular problem that we are facing. So let's just recap. You might recall that last time we were talking about what I categorized as the four main categories. I'm sure you could break it out differently, but I I identified four main categories of resistance and solutions to the vaccine mandate problem. There is the legal, there are workarounds of various sorts, there's the political slash protest slash petition solutions, and then there is the non-compliance solution. And I think of that as something of a stepladder where you're getting higher up the power pyramid or you're getting closer to the root of the problem, however you choose to conceptualize that metaphor. Anyway, I think those four categories sort of take you towards closer towards something resembling a real solution, with non-compliance being really the, the only way we're going to not comply ourselves uh, into the problem, because compliance will only step us further and further into this problem. Today, I wanted to follow up with, if not a fifth category, at least a four and a half category of solution, something like that. Perhaps you can help me sort out my thinking on this. I'm thinking on the fly, but I did want to point out something, a new development, or at least something different, a different way of conceptualizing our approach to these problems. But first, let's do just a quick summary, because this is obviously an evolving story. So much has happened since the last time we were here talking about these solutions. So I wanted to update you on some various things that I've seen that have come across uh, the newswires that have, people have emailed me that have come to my attention over the course of the past couple weeks. Uh, we'll start on rebelnews.com. Why not? Fight Vaccine Passports, a new civil liberties project fighting against forced vaccines. And here Rebel News is announcing that they are onboarding 20 plaintiffs that they are going to try to take uh, to court uh, to uh, challenge the constitutionality of vaccine mandates in Canada. So this is the legal solution, and they're looking to raise $1 million to get the best lawyers to take 20 plaintiffs that they're going to, as they explain in this video, they're going to um, try to select the the, the most... Uh, 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 powerful cases for setting case precedent that will hopefully apply to many, many people across Canada. So not just any case, but cases where that hopefully the decision might have an effect on many different people, many classes of people. So anyway, people can read uh, read through this little summary or watch the uh, the video here to find out more about Rebel News and their Fight Vaccine Passports uh, initiative. Um, Anyway, that's happening. I just wanted to draw your attention to that. Uh, Odyssey.com, the the pandemic podcast channel, has this recent conversation with Reiner Fulmich, obviously of the uh, German Corona Investigative Committee, who has interviewed me uh, and that I've talked about uh, the Corona Investigative Committee and their work in the past and their ongoing legal um, challenges to the various corona mandates and the things that they're seeking to forward in various courts. Uh, Well, there's an update just from uh, the past couple of weeks here. How can we use the law to challenge the global COVID response? So people are interested in that can find out more about that here. And I will include the link as with everything we're talking about today in the show notes 
for today's episode. Uh, there's VaxControlGroup.com, which is the homepage of the Vaccine Control Group, a worldwide scientific study. So for those who haven't heard about it, the Vaccine Control Group is a worldwide independent long-term study that is seeking to provide a baseline of data from unvaccinated individuals for comparative analysis with the vaccinated population to evaluate the success of the COVID-19 mass vaccination program and assist future research projects. This study is not and will never be associated with any pharmaceutical enterprise as its impartiality is of paramount importance. So the idea here, you can, you don't have to, but if you do sign up and you can get one of these uh, ID cards available in several different languages um, that proclaim you as being part of this vaccine control group, a scientific study to see what happens to unvaccinated individuals. Because as we know, any good scientific study of harm and, and ill effects would obviously take into account a control group of unvaccinated individuals, right? Well, you can sign yourself up as being part of the control group. And you get an official looking ID that will take uh, people through the QR code to the page with information about the study. So anyway, it's an interesting idea. And there's a lot more to say about that. And there's a lot of different resources here that you can dive into at the website, which obviously I'll link up. But I heard about this on the Mind Renewed podcast in an interview with the co-founder of the Vaccine Control Group. That's a very good interview. Um, uh, Host Julian Charles, as always, as he does when he interviews me or anyone else, goes into a lot of detail and asks the good questions, some hard questions about privacy and other things related to this study. But anyway, uh, definitely worth listening if you're interested in that. I think it's an interesting and innovative idea. So I hope people will at least check that out and see how they can apply that in their own lives. Maybe not being a part of this particular vaccine control group, but at any rate, there's probably different ways of implementing that. Uh, Another uh, workaround type solution that came to my attention over the course of the past couple of weeks, I believe a listener emailed me about this, redballoon.work, which is uh, another site that uh, like we've gone over in the past, um, talking about how to meet like-minded people. We looked at Unjected and um, there was a Canadian uh, website we were talking about at the time. Well, here's another uh, one that's connecting employers who value freedom with employees who value it too. And although uh, I believe it is worldwide, or at least the possibility is worldwide, it's a lot of US-centered um, jobs, but there's a job board here that you can explore if you're interested in finding employment that will respect your uh, medical freedom, and other types of freedom. So more information there at redballoon.work. And on the political front, there are uh, marches and protests continuing to happen. This one from a couple of weeks ago, as you may have heard, the Netherlands has recently implemented their own COVID-19 Corona Pass. And as I believe we mentioned on New World Next Week, last week, a Dutch protest against COVID-19 vaccine passed to enter bars and restaurants, talking about hundreds of protesters marching against the introduction of a coronavirus pass in the Netherlands on Saturday. So, again, there is protest and political action taking place as well all around the world. As I say, all of these different resources will be linked up in the show notes if you want to follow up on any of them. And as always, please do leave further leads to whatever's happening in your neck of the woods that you happen to know about, please leave them in the comments section so other people can learn about them. And there have been some successes and failures, even in just the past couple of weeks, related to some of this. For example, you might remember that in the last edition of Solutions Watch, uh, I played a little clip of someone who was talking about the idea of bringing the uh, businesses who refuse service to the unvaccinated to the attention of the human Canadian Human Rights Council as a potential uh, human rights violation. 
Well, hopefully, but maybe not. And don't put all your hope in that basket, because the Ontario Human Rights Commission came out on in September uh, just last month with the new policy statement on COVID-19 vaccine mandates and proof of vaccine certificates. And after introducing the problem, they say that vaccination requirements are generally permissible. While receiving a COVID-19 vaccine rem uh, remains voluntary, the OHRC takes the position that mandating and requiring proof of vaccination to protect people at work or when receiving services is generally permissible under the Human Rights Code, as long as protections are put in place to make sure people who are unable to be vaccinated for code-related reasons... None of your self-given uh, self exemptions or religious or philosophical exemptions. No, you, you have to have a code-related reason for not being vaccinated, but then you can be reasonably accommodated. This applies to all organizations. Anyway, you can read through more on their thinking there, but perhaps as I gestured towards in the last edition of Solutions Watch, if you're waiting and holding your breath for the judges and the human rights commissions and others to gavel down on the right side of history, you may be holding your breath until you expire. But then again, maybe not. There have been successes as well. So this one coming from constitutionwatch.com.au, Fair Work Commission, Appeal of Decisions, uh, Jennifer Kimber v. Sapphire Coast Community Age Care Limited, that notes that a Fair Work Commission deputy president, obviously in Australia, has warned against a medical apartheid stemming from employers and governments mandating coronavirus vaccines. Aged care receptionist Jennifer Kimber was sacked from a New South Wales South Coast nursing home in July last year, in July last year, after refusing to have a flu jab. The Fair Work Commission refused her permission to appeal on Monday after ruling against her unfair dismissal claim in May. Fair Work Deputy President Lyndall Dean said the decision was a serious injustice to Ms. Kimber, which denied her protections under workplace law. Never have I more strenuously disagreed with an outcome in an unfair dismissal application, Ms. Dean said. Vice President Adam Hatcher and Commissioner Bernie Reardon said they would not give any encouragement to a spurious objection to a lawful workplace vaccination requirement. In a majority decision, they said Ms. Kimber held broader anti-vaccination views and had told the commission her research about the flu jab was based on a Google search of all sorts of stuff. Ms. Dean said it was highly inappropriate to label the sacked worker an anti-vaxxer, and she declared mandatory immunization could not be justified in almost every workplace in Australia. All Australians should vigorously oppose the introduction of a system of medical apartheid and segregation in Australia, she said. It is an abhorrent concept and is morally and ethically wrong and the antithesis antithesis, antithesis of our de democratic way of life and everything we value. So a very, very strongly worded uh, dissenting opinion there from um, the uh, a fairly high-ranking uh, um, official, Fair Work Deputy President Lyndall Dean. Very not mincing words. So that is at least something, uh, although it does not eventuate in this place, as far as I can understand. This does not re mean that Kimber gets her job back. Um, so dot, dot, dot. Waits to be seen how that plays out. But anyway, there is at least um, some recognition of the incredible human rights atrocity that's taking place right now. So there's uh, a lot going on in that regard. And if you want to read the decision itself, of course, I will link it up. And it's uh, got some pretty strongly worded um, parts in here about the setting up of that medical apartheid. So lots and lots of information with regards to the various things that are going on. Um, 
political workarounds, legal, um, and other types of solutions. But I wanted to hone in on something in particular, because I think, obviously, when you start getting at job mandates, as in you have to have this jab to have a job, you start getting very, very close to home. But it can get even closer to home, because I think one thing that they are going to really is going to be a dividing line and is really going to be a red line in the sand for a lot of people is when they come after your food. As Ernest Hancock of freedomsphoenix.com often says, it's it's a food thing or it's going to be a food thing. And when they start hitting you where it counts in the stomach, uh, I think, as they say, any civilization is only three meals away from revolution. And they are now starting to put various strictures around when, how, and in what way you can consume food in this world. And for a particularly ridiculous example, once again coming from wonderful Australia slash New Zealand, I think last year, if I recall correctly, there was a story about Australia and KFC. Well, this year it's coming from New Zealand. Um, Police bust gang members with car trunk full of KFC takeout, breaching strict lockdown which says that like its much bigger Pacific neighbor, uh, Australia, New Zealand has recently seen a return to imposition of some of the strictest lockdown measures on the planet. Australia, for example, has seen insurances, instances of police harassing and arresting people at quiet public parks, or even searching packages to ensure citizens' quota of allowable alcohol is not being violated while in quarantine. No, no, no. No more alcohol for you, peasants. Seemingly endless absurd stories of brazen government overreach are coming out of the two countries under lockdown, even with relatively low infection numbers compared to more hard-hit countries like the United States. And here's the latest out of New Zealand. Two alleged gang associates, alleged gang associates, think about that phrase, found with a car trunk full of KFC takeout were arrested as they tried to enter New Zealand's largest city on Sunday in breach of strict coronavirus lockdown rules, according to police. And it says it happened in Auckland, which is currently under what the government is calling alert level four lockdown. Keep in mind, this uh, story is a few weeks old now, so this has probably moved on by this point. But anyway, this was the situation as of September 21st. Uh, It uh, requires residents to stay at home most of the time with all non-essential services closed, including bars, restaurants, gyms, and even food takeout services. Essentially, people can't even order food to go. Yes, that's right, you criminal. Put your KFC back. Put it down. Step away from the KFC. Put your hands up. You are under arrest. Absolute insanity. And perhaps it's actually for their good, (laughs) considering the food that comes from fast food restaurants like that. But having said that, it is, of course, every sovereign individual human being's right to be able to decide what to put in their bodies. And it is their right to go out and interact and transact with a business that is willing to sell them that substance, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, no, not in a pandemic emergency, not in New Zealand. So as I say, I think this is starting to hit home where it really counts, in the stomach, and various strictures related to food and eating seem to be at the front line of many of these protests. And it is in that regard that we encounter this nebulous four-and-a-half category of political protest, or protest, I should say, against the uh, the mandates, the uh, vaccine mandates that are coming into place to, to control our eating habits. And I want to turn our attention to Paris. Yeah. 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 
What was that, you may ask? And if you're an audio listener to the audio podcast version of the Solutions Watch podcast, you are probably really asking what was that. <laughs> well, what you have just been looking at in the video version of this podcast was a picnic protest? Question mark? That happened in Paris in August of this year. And obviously what was happening there in protest of bars and restaurants that are refusing comply refusing entrance to people who are not able to prove themselves vaccinated with the health health pass the uh, the sanitaire pass sanitaire or whatever they're calling it in France the green pass as it is being increasingly known uh, are deciding okay we do not need to go to your business in order to eat eat out let's eat out literally on the street in a little picnic and i say protest with a question mark because i don't know exactly how i would categorize this in the four uh, arbitrary destructions of categories that I made for the previous edition of this series. Uh, it's, I guess it could be a form of protest if you think about it. It's certainly public and visible and obviously letting people know that there is opposition to this idea. Uh, it could also be a form of non-compliance. It isn't the sort of, no, you know, make me leave your store kind of non-compliance. It's a different form of non-compliance, as in, I don't have to comply or not comply. I don't even have to be in that space. So, as I say, this is, I don't know if this is a fifth category or four, four and a half category of, 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 of resistance to the vaccine passports, but it may be the most important. Um, because this is what I have attempted to articulate, not just throughout the course of the Solutions Watch series, but over years and years at the Corporate Report. We spend so much time arguing about the crumbs from the master's table, and we need more of those crumbs, or, oh, maybe we can take over the table and we can get all of their crumbs, or whatever it is, versus the mindset of, well, okay, whatever, that's their table, and they're setting those rules, and we may go and petition on hands and knees and ask, and we may even get some extra crumbs or scraps. Why don't we just go create our own table? Because the energy, the power, the, the real lifeblood, literally, in one sense, of this system that is enslaving us, is us. We are the ones that are driving this system. We are the productive labor, at least for now, until the robots take over ever, all our jobs. Uh, we are the people that are making this happen. So why don't we create our own table? And I usually use that as a metaphor, but here I guess it's happening quite literally, <laughs> which is important. It's important to keep in mind that that is one important form of non-compliance, question mark, at least of making compliance or non-compliance a moot point. And it, as I say, it corresponds to so much of what I've attempted to say in times past, including in recent work about Cash Fridays and Black Market Fridays and creating our own economic infrastructure. This is an exceptionally simple and an exceptionally humble way of doing that. Here's my protest. I'm going to spread out a cloth and I'm going to eat in front of the restaurant that's not going to let me eat. And, oh, well, what if the police come along and try to clear you away, etc.? Well, then it gets into the political side of it and the protest side of it and what have you. As I say, it all there's a number of different ways that you can conceptualize this. But it starts with just sitting down and eating, which is 
a revolutionary act, depending on the context. And let's, uh, with regards to Paris and what's happening there, as I say, that video is from August. Uh, the latest information I've seen on those types of protests is from September. I haven't seen anything recently, but I don't follow the Francophone media. Uh, I'm not in France, so I have no uh, direct bearing on that. If there are people in France or people who do follow uh, the French media who can update us on the status of that protest, question mark, um, then please do so. I'd be interested to hear about it. But let's extract from the particularities of what's happening in Paris, because this is obviously an idea that could be used all around the world and perhaps is being or is about to go viral in a larger cultural sense. One indicator of that comes from Activist Post, who had this article up from uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Swiss Citizens Revolt. Install tables outside in front of bars, uh, restaurants to ignore vax passports. Throughout Europe, despite their heads of state promising otherwise, countries have begun to roll out vaccine passports. And under the tyrannical measure, citizens must present proof of vac vaccination, usually on a smartphone, before being allowed in places like bars, restaurants, or social events. But it goes on to say that last month, when these announcements were made and the passes rolled out in Europe, hundreds of thousands of people took to the streets in France, Switzerland, and Italy. Many of the protests turned violent as police clashed with modern freedom fighter fighters. Other protests, however, did not turn violent, and in some instances, police even joined in with the protesters in an ostensible effort to end up on the right side of history. Personally, I am not vaccinated, and I won't be, said one French protester. It doesn't matter what we're forbid forbidden from doing, going to stores, swimming pools, cinemas, it doesn't matter, life is priceless. And it goes on to say that in Switzerland, beginning on the 13th of September, the COVID-19 certificates became mandatory for all persons over the age of 16, including tourists, who wish to access indoor areas of restaurants, cultural and leisure facilities, and several other events. Based on the overall situation, the Federal Council has decided to extend the certificate requirement for persons, blah, blah, blah. So, again, how does this relate to what we're talking about? A video uploaded by French political activist Anonyme Citoyen, or Anonymous Citizen, shows Swiss citizens installing their own tables, chairs, and blankets in the streets, set up in front of bars and restaurants, which require the vaccine passport for entry. As in France, the Swiss are setting up free terraces in front of bars and restaurants in Winterthur, while the health pass entered into force this week in Switzerland, he writes, describing the scene. So, this is an idea that well, at least it's spreading. How far does it spread? How deep does it go? Obviously, the be-all and end-all of the solution to all our problems is not picnicking on the street. But I hope you understand that this is an idea that has much larger impl implications, ramifications, and that can be uh, actually instituted, can be used in a lot of different situations, in a lot of different ways, to recontextualize the problem itself and to make us start to question whether we need the service of that thing over there that is regulating and controlling us, or whether we can provide it amongst ourselves. Now, this, again, is part of, obviously, an interrelated problem of, well, then how do you meet like-minded people and create communities that will be able to do this? And yes, it's a much, much larger problem than simply setting up a picnic table. But at any rate, that is an interesting start, and it is a good way to show other people what is happening and to show that recontextualization, that it isn't necessarily about what they are trying to get you to do or not do, comply, you must do this, or you must resist, you must, there must be some sort of clash. No, we're just gonna go over here and start our own table, quite literally in this case. Anyway, I wanted to put that idea on the table 
pun intended, today, because I think it is an important thing to keep in mind all the time when we are questioning these problems that are coming into view, is to what extent are we, pl- are we ourselves contributing and playing into the problems by framing them in certain ways? And yes, there are certain goods and services and things that we won't be able to provide for ourselves right away and blah, 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 I understand. But let's, let's see how we can apply this type of idea in our lives going forward. And I'm, as always, very interested to hear the various ways that this manifests in your reality or that you have ideas for manifesting in reality. That's what this Solutions Watch uh, series is about. So I'm looking forward to your feedback on this. And as always, I'll be here again shortly talking to you again. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com.